Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the chat. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. So happy to have you with us today. Uh, as you know, this particular program of the chat is about people who are making a difference, people who are have servants' heart and are sowing seed in the lives of other folks around the around the community, and not only what they're doing and how they do it, but the story of their lives that brought them to be doing what they're doing and the calling that's on their life. And I'm very happy to have uh, in studio with me this afternoon uh, a man that I've come to know pretty well over the last few months. Uh, I call him a good friend of mine, and he certainly fits that definition of uh, a servant's heart, making a difference in the lives of people. And his name is Will Roberts. Will, good afternoon, sir. How are you doing, Dwight? I'm doing well. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. I know you've you got, you got more than you can say grace over any day of the week. In addition to the, uh, what we're going to talk about, you run your own business, and, and you just, uh, do you ever, what do you do about sleeping? Do you ever do that? <laughs> well, uh I think it's overrated, to be honest with you. <laughs> Everybody sleeps more than two hours a night. is just lazy, aren't That's they? That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, I want, first of all, let's begin. Um, I want to capture your story. You have such a wonderful testimony about God's goodness in your life. But I want to, I want to talk about uh, not only that, but first of all, let's just start with what you're doing now specifically. And I know through the years, must have made a difference in lives of hundreds of people throughout the years. Uh, and, and and just that process, what what you're doing to help other people. And I talk about that, and then we'll go back and, and talk about what brought you into that and how you use your life's experience uh, to allow, allow God to use you to do what you're doing now. Well, um, I'm in a unique position. Um, I'm a recovering drug addict been clean now since april 18 1989 and uh by the grace of god i was able to um uh, come to know christ at a er, relatively early age about the age of 16 and what that has led me to in my personal recovery is to is to working with uh folks who struggle with the disease of addiction and uh i um started with that work uh soon after i got sober um and i tried to to work in the field for about five years, the recovery field for about five years, and and enjoyed that that work. But uh, I found a higher calling to uh, to work with people on a one to one basis. And over the years, that's what I've basically dedicated my life to. <clears throat> excuse me, is working um, with folks who are struggling with all all manner of addictions. Um, in doing so, um, I learned a set of processes that that. Um, actually worked very, very well for me, and I saw it working very well in other people's lives. Um, I won't be specific about those because they're kind of an anonymous thing. They're kind of a thing that that I I don't come here representing those processes. Sure, I got you. But I do come here um, because I I know they work. I know that people um, can, can get better from this disease if they're willing to take, make the effort to do it. And take the the time to to work on it. Um, So without getting too intricate into it, I'll just tell you that uh, I found a process that works. It worked in my life completely, uh, continues to work in my life day in and day out. And I I dedicate my life now to trying to help other people uh, find this process and then to start working it. You know, and this is, um, and and by the way, you mentioned uh, drug and alcohol addiction, but this process, this system, uh, it it is that, and, and you've helped lots and lots of people with it as it relates to those addictions but it can go it can it, it can it has a broader spectrum than that any kind of addiction Correct. you know if you're uh, uh, it, it, it could be it could be tobacco it could be porn it could be uh, you know lust it could be whatever whatever is pulling you in a direction sugar. So, yeah anything that would uh, that would get you pulled in a direction with the quality of life that you don't want to go 
Yeah, you know, the thing is, is that that, uh, people don't think of it this way, but all sin and separation from God is really about self-centeredness. And once we learn that uh, we're powerless over what what it is that we're we're, uh, addicted to or or that's causing us to sin, um, then we begin to realize that something greater than us can help us. Um, You know, the most natural thing to do once you recognize you're powerless over something is to surrender um, to something greater than that which you're powerless over. Um, and what I've found is, you know, there's a, a definition of, a definition of surrender that says, what do I do when I surrender? Well, I, I put my weapons down, I sit down, I raise my hands, and I ask for directions. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and uh, that's what we, that's what we're all about. We're about people understanding their, their powerlessness, understanding over whatever, you know, it doesn't have to be something that, that people can even see. It can be something that's just going on in your heart. Yeah. Fear, worry, anxiety, stress. Absolutely. Whatever. All of the above. Yeah. And so what we do is is we uh, try to convey the message that once we're powerless, then we can seek the help that we need. Yeah. And and uh, and so uh, and, and, it, and we needless to say, and I think we've kind of touched it already, faith based. It's a Christian approach. It is. Uh, and and it's, it's based. And, and I've noticed, Will, in my lifetime and observing and even in my own life, um, whatever is in, you know, there's not usually a lot of change on the outside of a person. A long-term change until there's a change on the inside. Yes. And, and am I right about that approach that you use? You are, and and you know this is not an overnight uh, um, thing that we do. This is a lifestyle change. Um, you know, all diets work, but diets never work. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, I've seen I've seen people diet over and over and over again and get the same result. They lose some weight, but then they rebound and they decide that they're okay now and they move on with uh, eating the way they used to or whatever and, and or trying to change their lifestyle and, and never really lock into something that can work for them long term. What this process does is is really very simple. What it does is it helps us to learn how to access, uh, recognize, access, and then utilize God in our lives. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and then it teaches us how to clean up our side of the street and get our lives right with him. And once we do that with regard to whatever issue we're dealing with, then, then we have a spiritual awakening. And it's a uh, profound and and pretty much universal that people have this spiritual awakening. And when they do, um, they immediately try to help somebody else. And once they help somebody else, they realize that there's something else going on in their life that they need to apply this process to. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it'll take you right back to, you know, the, the initial thrust of being powerless over whatever's next. And all of us, if we met, or most of uh, pe- folks listening today, you, me, you know, there, there, there's, there's, there's those handles, those places where we're vulnerable. But you know, most of us have more than one where, where we just, we just kind of stumble over the same problem month after month and year after year. And this helps us rise above that in all levels. We've got a couple of minutes before the, uh, before we uh, take our first break. Will uh, folks, I can't help but believe, Will, that there are folks listening. Yeah, and they say, "Yeah, that's me, man." That's you know, I'm, I'm, maybe drugs, maybe alcohol, maybe something else that that's a stronghold in their life, and it's been a stronghold for a long time. They just can't seem to get past it. How do they find you? How do they find? Uh, how do they reach out to you? And uh, in, in terms of uh, maybe getting help or being being involved in this process, being is how we're we're very careful about anonymity. Yeah, we you know people come to us with all different kinds of of issues, and so there's a few things we don't want to do. Number one, we don't want to ever 
out them, as as they say. We don't want them to to be uh, uh, what they're going through to be revealed to people that they they don't want it revealed to. My guest today is Will Roberts, and when we come back after the break, we're going to uh, learn about Will's life and his story and what brought him to be serving his fellow man in this kind of way. We're happy to have you with us. This is the chat. Welcome back to the chat. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. My guest today is my friend, Will Roberts, and you heard uh, the first uh, the p- first portion of the show, and we'll talk about a program that he's involved with, a system that is helping folks uh, uh, get get set free, get delivered from wh- whatever may, uh, kind of addiction uh, that they have, and it could be drugs, it could be alcohol, but it, but it's about any stronghold that's in their life. It could be, could be porn, could be tobacco, could be anything, uh, worry, stress, anxiety that just seems to have you stuck. It is a faith-based Christian approach to it. And uh, we'll give your number one more time if they need to reach out to you. My phone number is 931-544-4541. Great. And you mentioned at the very first thing I think that came out of your mouth on the show that you are a recovering addict. I am. So you have you have walked this road. Mm-hmm. You've been there and done that. And that is, and out of your own life's experience is what's brought you to serving other people this way. So let's let's go back and just kind of get to know Will a little bit. How how did, talk about the path you got on early in life and and uh, and how you got on it and how you got off of it. Well, um, <clears throat> I don't ever remember not using some kind of drug. I, I grew up in a family of addicts. Uh, my mother died of this disease in, in, the, uh, in 1982 at the age of 52. And uh, we were uh, a close family. Uh, we all uh, wound up having this problem in one form or another. Um, and, and in growing up, I was a professional musician all my life, and my father was a professional musician before me. He was a great fiddle player, and we lived down in, in South Texas. And Texas is like another country so we traveled a lot and yeah. i started playing music with him professionally when i was 10 years old 10 i've heard you say that before yeah. you were a drummer right correct at 10 years old yeah, yeah man I, wow that's that's you know one you must have been a very good drummer <laughs> well and was, two a 10 years that's that's pretty young to start getting exposed to that kind of lifestyle i was very fortunate my dad was a pretty well-known guy in 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 south texas and that's kind of like having a country sewed up you know i mean as yeah. a musician. <laughs> and we uh we had a, a work family band um, and uh, when I was 14 I was full blown on the road with him so uh, um, at the age of 10 I was playing shows with him and, and uh, everybody that I was working with were older men they were uh, and women but but they were in their 30s and 40s and so whatever they were doing I was sneaking around doing being behind their back my and mother 10 I was 10, 10 yeah, yeah. My, my mother told a story about me till the day she died uh, she said when I was eight years old I came up and gave her my Zippo cigarette lighter and, <laughs> and she, you were Eight. When I was eight, and she said, uh, "What? What is this?" And I said, "That's my lighter." She said, "Well, I know what it is. Why are you giving it to me?" I said, "Well, I've decided I'm going to quit smoking." <laughs> At eight years old, at eight years quit. old I decided well, that was a good decision. I was already trying to quit. Like, you know, you think about that. Wow, that's, that's uh, I'm laughing, but I, I get I get the significance of the story. Yeah, uh, awful. Uh, you know, looking back on it, but but at the time it was a natural way of life for me. Um, and so I grew up in that environment, and my parents were really good people. They just uh, they just didn't think of of addiction as being what it was. You know, they thought if you could handle yourself and you know you took care of your business, and then everything was okay. And you know, we see that a lot in in society, you know. Um, but as I grew older, uh, the d- disease of prediction uh, of addiction is is progressive. And uh, for those of those people out there that don't understand it, uh, there's there are several components to addiction. One of them is that it's a it's a disease, and and a lot of people don't realize that. The second thing is is that it's progressive. And what I mean by that it, uh, is it always gets worse; it never gets better. Um, 
if you truly have the disease of addiction. The third thing is that it's incurable. Once you have it, you will die with it. You don't have to die from it, but you will die with it. And uh, and knowing those components, what we what we have to remember is is the fourth one is probably the the, the worst part of this disease is almost everybody that has it dies from it. And when I say that, what not I not mean, just with it, but from it. From it. And what I what I when I say that, the reason I say that is because people who are addicted, for instance, usually die from from uh, uh, complications of high blood pressure. Um, people, are, you know, strokes, heart attacks, so forth. People who are addicted to cigarettes usually die from complications of the addiction. So if you look at in the obituaries, a lot of times uh, you'll see something in the obituary. A person died from heart attack. They really died from smoke. Yeah, my dad, a Christian man, went to church three times a week, led singing a little country church, uh, you know, and that was his who he was. That's what he was. Started smoking. When, well, he started smoking when he was eight. He didn't yes. quit when he was eight. He started smoking. Yeah. I learned later, died at 50 from emphysema. Right. Well, he didn't say anything about those unfiltered camels in the obituary, That's but right. emphysema was, uh, but that was a, 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 you know, a set that up. That That's smoking right. did, yeah. The cause of death. Yeah, yeah, cause of death, yeah. Yeah. And my mother died from a brain stem stroke, but it was brought on by addiction to alcohol and other drugs and cigarettes and so forth. So stress is a big addiction. Some people yeah. get addicted to being stressed out. And you yeah. know, stress doesn't just occur when you're, when, when bad things happen to you. Sometimes stress occurs when good things happen. You're still having the same reaction in your body uh, and that reaction is stress, but there's not a peace that goes along with that type of a personality. They struggle with being able to attain peace in their, you know. And so what we try to do is, is we're, we're trying to, to help people get closer to God because God is peace, you know, and he gives us uh, hope and, and so forth. So as I grew up, I'll just uh, I'll just go on with that story. As I grew up, the addiction got more and more prevalent in my life and it got to the point where it controlled me more and I wound up throwing everything away and losing everything that I built. I, we had a family business and I had a career and I had a beautiful wife and two kids and I threw all that away because drugs and alcohol and, and the lifestyle was more important to me than them. You know, I used to say I lost my family to the disease of addiction, but that's just not true. I, I threw my family away because addiction had overtaken my life. So it was pretty a horrible situation. So that uh, you know that uh, you know your old habit of smoking led to led, led to lots of different drugs, narcotics, and the whole nine yards. It did, and but now it, it also I I, I had a, a great career. I was playing drums with a major artist who is now in the in the Hall of Fame, Country Music Hall of Fame, and uh, I had played drums with uh, John Hagee Ministries out of San Antonio, Texas. Some of your listeners might remember him yeah, out of San Antonio. Yeah. yeah, he's he's still on on TV, you know, doing his thing. And he baptized me in the Jordan River in Israel, and I was, you know, I traveled with him. So here's, a, here's, a, so you were. Now I've heard you say this before. So you actually, of course, not only played in the bands that traveled and, and the venues and the bars and that sort of thing, but you actually uh, played for a major ministry like the Hagee Ministry, uh, Cornerstone Church out there. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 now were you were you dealing with this addiction and dealing with this problem while you were doing that at the same time? I was. What happened to me was when I, I went through a deliverance ministry when I first started working with him and walked out of that place and was delivered. And uh, as we were pulling out of the, the parking lot, my cigarettes slid across the dashboard and I caught them in my hand. And I put one in my mouth and my little wife at the time, she said, don't don't like that. You just went through a deliverance ministry. I said, it's just a cigarette. And so I lit that cigarette. And then the word tells us that uh, if, if you kick the devil out and then you don't clean the place up right and then fill it up with the Holy Spirit, seven of his buddies are coming back. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened to me. So that one cigarette got you back on that slippery slope to return to that kind of lifestyle. It did. Even though you just left the John Hagee Deliverance Ministry. See, I just can't help but believe. Uh, I just can't help but believe whether there's a lot of folks out there right now. Maybe they're maybe they're they're involved in the church or involved in the ministry, generally good people, whatever. But they've got that 
thing, that mm-hmm. one thing, or maybe two things that they struggle with, and and that's that's why I, I so do appreciate your your sharing uh, your sharing your story with us. Hey, my guest today is Will Roberts. We're about to continue our conversation with Will in just a moment. This is the chat on News Talk ninety four point one. Hey, we're glad you're with us. We're back on the chat. I'm your host, Rod Henry. My guest today is Will Roberts. We're uh, talking about his life, uh, uh, beginning, uh, beginning, and the big decision you made when you were eight years old to quit smoking, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the path that he was on as it relates to addiction, and uh, and then how he is using his life's experience to advance the kingdom of God and to help lots of other folks. So pick it up right there, Will. We were talking about, uh, and so you you literally leave, left this deliverance thing where you were you were set free from all of that. Uh, a pack of cigarettes comes sliding across your your dashboard, uh, dashboard yeah. up there and you pick it up and you smoke one cigarette and you boom you were and your wife even said at the time honey don't do that you said mm-hmm. oh, it's just a cigarette mm-hmm. and you found yourself back on that slippery slope again yes Talk, pick it up there well you know uh, the enemy is very subtle and what happened in my life was um as i fell back into and walked back into the enemy camp um there there were great feelings of of um self uh I don't know, just depressed, you know. Condemnation. Um, condemnation, sure. absolutely. And the enemy hit me automatically with that. And and uh, slowly I got back into drugs and heavier drugs and more narcotics. And at the end, uh, my my wife uh, was helped by the church. They wound up in the end many years, this is eight years later, <clears throat> after a big uh, uh, relapse and, and degradation over time, she was helped by the church to move a thousand miles away from me and take the kids with her. Um, and at that time she divorced me and that was in 1987 when that happened. So, um, you know, that was, I felt burnt by the church at that time, Dwight. I felt like, uh, they had turned against me and so forth. Today. I know that the church did everything they could to help me. They, they, they just didn't understand what we were dealing with, what I was dealing with. And I think that's common in the church today that the church really wants would do anything to help the people that are, are struggling with all of these issues. And, you know, when we talk about addiction, I'm not just talking about drugs. I'm not just talking about uh, illicit addictions. I'm talking about addictions of power, addictions of, of, of codependency, uh, addictions of money, uh, you know, addictions of religion. People get addicted oh, to religion, yeah. you know. And, and, and the thing is, is if, if Jesus Christ is not in the dead center of that thing with you, then, then you're you're pursuing something that is not of His will for you usually, you know, um, or, or or that can definitely be the case. I'll put it that way. Sure, sure. <clears throat> so what happened to me was I, I I was saved, and and I've been sitting in a CD bathroom uh, using IV drugs, knowing that if I overdosed right now, that I would still go to heaven. But I was useless on planet Earth yeah. to help anybody or to do anything wow. for Him. Pretty, wow, pretty sad, wow. pretty scary place to be. So, so, so you, you've come to a point now where uh, your wife has moved, or an informal wife has moved a thousand miles away. She's taken the children, uh, and and, and you divorced me and divorced you. So, was that the what I want to, our, our audience to hear and be sure? Was that what, what we like to what we call your bottoming out experience? Is that what or, or what, what? When did you I guess hit bottom, and what caused you to maybe? make the decision you made to turn your life around well you know it was just an accumulative effect of sin in my life and and that was one of the components there were many components but one of the components was also that i had decided i was going to switch to another set of drugs and just drink and smoke some pot and and uh alcohol took me to a much deeper bottom than anything than heroin ever did than than methamphetamine ever did than cocaine ever did 
Um, <clears throat> we all hear about this stuff that uh, one drug is worse than another. Um, probably the most dangerous drug on planet Earth is, is beverage alcohol. Um, it, it was for me, and it is for many people. And the reason is because it's, it's socially acceptable, so subtle, and eventually it is a, there's a physical addiction to it that is unlike very many other drugs. Heroin, you can stop using heroin and not die from it. But when you're really strung out on alcohol, if you stop using it abruptly, it can definitely kill yeah. you. It happens a lot. So, subsequently, uh, April 18th, 1989, I was living in a, in a hovel out here, a little uh, wood shack out here with no running water, no electricity. I couldn't keep my body clean. I was doing just scraping up enough money to get me a bottle of whiskey every day and couldn't, uh, I'd lost my, my job. I'd, I'd gotten a job with, with uh, Bobby Bear, a country artist. Yeah, yeah. Country artist. And I stayed with him for a couple of years after she left me. And and, uh, and during that period of time, um, everybody in the Bear organization tried to help me. And we, I almost got the whole band busted in Germany. And and uh, when we came back, they let me go. And when they did, I started drinking in earnest. And I really believe I was trying to kill myself. You know, I just started drinking. And, and addiction had taken over so much to where April 18th, 1989, I rolled off of a old dirty cot onto my knees and I asked God to help me. And uh, it was the first uh, sincere prayer I prayed in many, many years. And, you know, he helped me that day. And wow. uh, and I, I got with these people that I told you about that, that understood what I was going through. And um, they helped me one day at a time. And from that day to this day, a few things have happened. Number one, uh, every single day of my life from April 18th, 1989 to today, I've rolled out of bed on my knees and asked him to help me. I know that I only have one day. Yeah, We only have today. And uh, every day, I've reached out to another suffering addict of some sort. Every day? Every day. Every single day, uh, I have uh, read some of the literature of that organization, and I've read the Word. And every single day, uh, I do my dead level best to meet with people, to, to reach out to somebody. And every day, I get on my knees at night, and I thank him for what he's done for me. And subsequently, from, from then until now, I've pretty much uh, made a meeting a day. And you've taken, in the last couple of minutes we have, Will, you've taken that, all that experience, the good, the bad, the ugly, all that addiction, and you've decided in your heart, being led by God, to say, I'm going to help as many people as I can with, with the process that we talked about earlier, regardless of what their addiction or their issue is. And that you've made that, that that's pretty much, I know you have, you have a pest control business also, but, but, and that, but that, that and this ministry uh, is, is the, pretty much the focus of your life right now, isn't it? It's always been, since I got sober 31, almost 32 years ago, it's always been the focus of my life. And then the business comes next and way on down the line. You know, my sure. wife and I've been, the wife I have today, we've been together 28 years and she understands this. I told her when we first got married that God and the, and the program had to come first. And uh, so subsequently, you know, I've, I've made it my life. Now I've built a couple of businesses and been successful at them, but they were, they were secondary or tertiary to, to, sure. you know, what I was doing. My wife comes a close second, but you know the 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 God of my understanding is Jesus Christ crucified for our sins. You know he's he's the one the center of my life, and I try to follow him. So your mess became your message, and <laughs> and and as we talked about at the top of the show, uh, you you're in, now involved in a process, a system that where where you're helping lots of other folks through a group kind of setting, a group structure. And if if we're if anybody's listening who has an issue like that, like we've talked about already, regardless of what it is, uh, you can reach out to Will Roberts. And the best way to do that is the, is the number that you gave earlier. Would you give it one more time, Will? Nine three one five four four. 
4541. And this is something that you don't charge money for. If anybody's concerned about that. No, we don't don't take a paycheck or anything. Thank you so much for being with us today on the chat. My guest today has been Will Roberts. Join us next week at the same time right here on News Talk 94.1.